it's just the natural progression of any industry that things are gonna get more competitive. So one thing we're really doing is having those conversations with brands like, what are your long-term goals? You know, are you wanting to sell? That's gonna be completely different. We can focus on EBITDA for the next few months. But if you're really focusing on gaining market share, then you have to compete. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. Um, today, I'm really excited to have Destiny back from Better AMS. Today, we're going to be talking through a bunch of different aspects on different ways that you can build up your brand on Amazon, including like posts. We can just touch on like live video a bit, but you know, different ways like we saw that people set themselves apart on Prime Day and then new features that are here and kind of where we see the whole market going in general. So we've got a lot of different topics to cover. So Destiny, thank you for joining. we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Of course, excited to be here. One thing to mention is we actually got to meet in person last week, which was super awesome experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we got to finally see each other at the Prosper show. So we both went to the Prosper show in Vegas. And it, it was an awesome experience just being able to see people in person. <laughs> you know, we've chatted so many times online. And you know, you're always putting out amazing content with your social posts and everything else like that. So it's so cool to finally meet people in person that you feel like you know, but I've just talked to you online. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Next time we'll definitely have to like set aside a dinner and then we can really dive into all of the topics that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, a nerdy PPC dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, for, for those who didn't hear the first episode that you were on or aren't familiar with, uh, with you, just give us a brief overview of kind of what you do, how you got your experience in the Amazon space. Yeah, of course. So my name is Destiny Michon, co-founder and CEO of Better AMS. I have been managing Amazon advertising campaigns for going on five years now. This is all I do. I've never dove into anything else. So it's always been about PVC since the beginning, but I got started on the vendor side of the world. So I was working for like some large CPG brands. I had a lot of money to kind of play around with and that kind of helps me build a different perception around what's possible with Amazon ads. And I think it's definitely gonna be a big part of our discussion today is, you know, how you build a brand with Amazon advertising. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. And want to have destiny back on the show, just cause you're constantly putting out some great information on building a brand and how do you utilize the tools within Amazon where, you know, Amazon is a, it's a very brand agnostic platform. It's very tough to get yourself to stand apart, but Amazon's continually giving us more and more tools to try to get brands to establish themselves on Amazon. So here's some of the tools that we wanted to talk about. So, you know, first one that I, I think we could dive into, and I know you've done a lot of experimenting with is posts. So maybe walk us through what posts are, how you use them, and then we can get into like the implementation side of it. Yeah, of course. So Amazon posts, first and foremost, is free, which I think is probably the coolest part about it. As of right now, it's free. But what it allows you to do is basically, you know, upload a lifestyle image, tag a few products, add some copy, and then Amazon showcasing a post on the page. So it's primarily on mobile right now. If you ever scroll a product detail page, you'll see like post and you'll see like multiple lifestyle images that are linking to a product. It's also showing up on desktop, um, typically at the bottom of search, but that one's being beta tested. 
What's really cool about it though, is that it does tag a product. It allows you to upload a lifestyle image and it shows up very similar to a social feed, which is probably a different conversation, but it's the direction I see Amazon going is really trying to take advantage of, you know, social shopping. But for right now, we've been playing around with it. And the coolest things about it is unlike Instagram, it lasts a lot longer than 24, 48 hours. Like when you post on Instagram, you get all your likes and then that's it. But Amazon is continuously promoting your posts even from six months ago. So you're getting all of this free reach and free engagement and they're giving you those metrics so you can see exactly how much engagement you've gotten per post, which I think is pretty cool. So could you give like, give some examples of, you know, a different like a product or a brand and what seems to work well or how you would use posts. And then maybe, maybe go into some more detail too on like exactly where these are showing up. Like, so is it on your product detail page or other product detail pages or how does that, how is it actually displayed? How do you encounter these posts as you go to? Yeah, of course. So we typically see it on like a competitor's product detail page. It's still algorithmic in that Amazon reads like what you're tagging in the post and shows it on competitor's products. So if you're on mobile and you're looking at a competitor's product, you typically scroll down and then right above the review feed, you'll see the post and it's multiple posts. You can scroll to the left, to the right. You can then click on it and take you to a feed, which is just like Instagram or Facebook, where you can then scroll through all of the posts. My, my favorite part about it is that you have creativity over the image you upload. So anyone who's familiar with sponsor brands knows that you can kind of upload a custom image, but there's no words. There's all these certain like regulations on it. For Amazon posts, we've seen that you have the opportunity to be a little bit more creative. You can post like a full lifestyle image, very similar to what you'd see on Instagram. So a lot of the brands that we work with are taking all their social content and then copy and pasting it directly over to post and then just uploading it continuously. So that's typically what it looks like. And that's kind of where it's showing. Um, it has been rumored that we will be able to sponsor these placements, which I think is the real value behind it is being able to target, Hey, let's pay for this here or there. And of course, Amazon's going to want to monetize this, but I, the reach from it, considering it's free has been really awesome to see. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so for the feel for these posts too, like you kept going back to like lifestyle images instead of like, you know, you're not going to just show a picture of your product itself, right? Let's show more of the brandy and try to build up the brandy and more of like an Instagram type picture versus like my lead picture on my product detail page, right? Exactly. The reason being is it, you know, if you're looking at it from a social format, you have 30 other products within this feed. And you want yours to stand out. We don't have a ton of data on like split testing because of course Amazon hasn't made that super easy. But the route we've been trying to go is I have my product showing in my listing. I can advertise it through sponsored products, sponsored brand, sponsored display. And it's all going to be the exact same format. It's your main image. So if I have a new placement that allows me to get more creative, that's what I'm wanting to test. I'm wanting to drive home kind of that brand building of this is why my brand is different rather than kind of just focusing on the product. That's awesome. That's awesome. And go walk us through to like the reporting features. Like, you know, what are the key things that you're looking at to see which posts are working and how that relates back to the brand or, you know, how do you tie it back to sales or general like goals that you're trying to set? Yeah, of course. So the biggest things that we are typically seeing is, you know, they give you impressions, engagement, clicks and reach. So those are just kind of the general numbers behind each post. 
One way I've kind of been playing around with it is seeing what impressions I'm getting and then seeing what my advertising cost per impression is just so I can like quantify, hey, I'm getting like 300,000 impressions. If I was on the outside, I would pay this for this. This is sure. what I'm getting for it. So that way the brand can see the value because when you don't have, you know, conversion or anything like that, some brands like, oh, it's not really worthwhile for me. Sure. But looking at, you know, one of our brands here, last 90 days, our reach, which is the number of unique customers who saw our post was 155,000. That's awesome. So it's 155,000 customers who are unique to our brand, which are now seeing our Amazon post. Engagement's a little bit lower, but we had 8,000 clicks on the post in the last 90 days. Okay. So, I mean, I'll take that, especially when CPCs are getting upwards of 2 to $3. That's like... <laughs> $16,000 right there. Save money. So yeah. Yeah. And especially if you can just repurpose other social mm -hmm. feeds too, and you don't have to generate unique content for Amazon. I mean, now it's just a couple extra steps. You're already putting that out. You're building your brand on other social platforms. So why not repurpose that and use it on Amazon to generate exactly. even more eyeballs looking at your product or brand? A hundred percent. And this is probably a segue into like our next conversation, but the posts also have the follow button, yeah, which makes yeah, So tell us about that. <laughs> this is where I get super excited. So we've slowly seen this little follow button being rolled out in different features. Um, one of those is on the store page. Another one of those is on post. So if you look at a live post or if you look at any live stores, you'll now see a button that says follow. Now, these are loosely correlated, but why it's incredibly powerful is we know Amazon's trying to take advantage of social. We know that they're trying to take advantage of brand awareness and brand building. So they're allowing customers to directly follow your brand. Now, this is where I think Amazon's not sure on the direction they're gonna roll this out on, but they have a new tool called customer engagement, and this is primarily on Vendor Central. But if you go to customer engagement, you can directly email your followers. So I think it's super, super cool to kind of tie those together and be like, the more posts I have, the more people are going to see the follow button. The more people see the follow button, the more people will follow me. And then once they follow me, I can then directly email them, letting them know of new product launches, letting them know of like products that can be purchased in correlation with their other products. And I think that is just a very great long-term play because if you have an on-platform email list, that's going to make your launch strategy so much easier because they're already Amazon customers. Sure. And driving the conversions back to Amazon for those new products. You've already established that brand presence and you have a way to contact them, which we've never had before. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome combo there. Hey, what, what do you see longer term? So, I mean, it, it feels like they're building out like kind of, kind of like Facebook where, you know, you can have a company page where people follow you, you post content there, it shows up on their feed. Is that where you see Amazon kind of going and just trying to transition more eyeballs to Amazon, but with a more like consumer seller focus? Yes. Yes. yes to all. I, I think it'll be, it, Amazon wants to take advantage of everything that's working externally. So we've seen their new brand referral program that they released, what, in the last three days yeah. where brands get referral money from off Amazon traffic, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something they're trying to take advantage of is more eyeballs on the platform, more eyeballs being driven externally. 
social integration. That's huge. I mean, they're rolling that out with lives, influencers, social feed for posts, things like that. So, you know, omnipresence is kind of the way I see Amazon moving, but what Amazon's amazing at is failing fast. So they hop into anything, everything, they figure out what works and if it doesn't, they cut it. So I think that's why I'm a really big fan of testing early on because you don't ever really know what's going to scale and what's not. And you might as well get that first mover advantage. I mean, we have a few brands that have upwards of 6,000 followers already. That's awesome. And it's super small and all that may go down the drain because Amazon could cut it incredibly quickly, but I would rather be the person that has those followers now. So the moment it's monetized, I'm able to send out those emails, contact my customers and really have that competitive advantage. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And again, it, if you're able to repurchase your or repurpose your other content to put into this, develop the post that way, you're getting these free impressions like you're saying. And, you know, Destiny and I were, we're chatting at the Prosper Show and here too, like, we're, we're seeing advertising costs, cost per click go up across the board. So the more exposure you can get without having to directly pay for it, especially yeah. like right now, they may make us pay for it or make us pay for it to like get more exposure in the future. But just to have that extra exposure for your brands on Amazon, where people are specifically going to shop and purchase, it's, it's an awesome case to, to definitely use. Diversifying your strategy is a hundred percent going to be kind of what the next few, few years look like. I, I don't want to say Amazon's pay to play, but from an algorithmic and just mathematical perspective, we are all bidding on the same limited placements in terms of sponsored products and sponsored brands. So when you have, you know, more competition than ever before entering the platform because of COVID, we have higher advertising budgets because every large vendor decided that Amazon's worthwhile and they need to put more money into Amazon than in store. Like we're going to see CPCs increase and there's only so much you can do about it. You know, it's kind of like the dichotomy of, do you want to spend more and get those impressions or do you want to lower bids and budgets and then get no impressions or placements because you're showing up on page seven. So I think that's been a really fun conversation to have, how we can use these new features, how we can play around with other things to really help diversify that cost. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And we've seen other features too, like live video. So, you know, we, we haven't done as much with live video ourselves, but I know specifically over Prime Day, like, I, you know, I'm going on the site and just seeing the amount of people that are watching these live videos or seeing the placements on different product detail page for other people who are currently doing a live video. And in many cases, the product isn't even related, but Amazon's <laughs> really trying to push it. It's just another tool that you can use to really promote yourself and almost give like a QVC type overview of your products where people can, you know, develop a connection with you. You're live. It's unscripted. Just going through the products itself. It's been another cool piece that I've seen too being utilized lately. It's been crazy. And it's one of those features that I personally had never really paid attention to as a consumer. So it didn't even register that would be valuable for me. Yeah. And then I did the same. I hopped on on Prime and saw like 16,000 viewers on this video. And I was just like, who's watching this? Yeah. And it made no sense to me. But I think it's going to be a really big part of their kind of launch strategy and just progression of the platform with social integration. We're seeing things like influencers can now actually see how many units they sold. So I think we're going to be able to have the opportunity to maybe go to an influencer platform and be like, oh, this is, you know, mommy influencers. Let's find a mommy influencer with really high engagement and then see the rates and then actually have the data to prove that. 
That'll be an amazing asset. So we know influencer marketing, of course, is valuable externally. So yes, Amazon's going to try to monetize it internally. So it's yeah. exciting. I just wish I knew more about it at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, it seems like in general, Amazon's really trying to add that extra human touch. You know, they've done awesome at being the aggregate. I'm the big e-commerce giant. And we've got a bunch of reviews too. So there's some social proof, but what they don't have is the influencer, the social aspect yet. And a lot of people will go to social media over reviews to figure out what products to buy. So now if Amazon can bring that also on the platform through items like live video and now posts and the follow button and everything else like that. And then if they do end up bringing like influencers into the space too, like now that's just one less stop that we have to do outside of Amazon. It just brings more people into the ecosystem system. You never have to leave. You can purchase everything you'd ever need and, <laughs> and get all the feedback too. Yeah. So it, it's crazy. It's just continuing to build up on the massive corporation of Amazon. I couldn't agree more. And I think another shift we're going to start seeing is how that affects brands and sellers. You hear all the time in the groups, oh, Amazon's too competitive now, you know, oh, Amazon's just trying to kill our business, so on, so on. But if you actually think of the natural progression of Amazon and why things had to happen the way they did, it makes sense. Like in order for Amazon to get big in the first place, they had to be the everything store. So they needed to provide an opportunity for sellers to get products up and really have a place where you could look for a purple pin and see 500 purple pins. And now we're seeing the progression where Amazon realizes customers don't need to see 500 purple pins. They just need to see the best 10 purple pins. And that's kind of where we're going. Like Amazon wasn't created for sellers to make money. Like Jeff didn't start, that's like Shopify, right? Shopify got created so brands could really own everything on their platform. Amazon got started so consumers could have like their best interest, you know, fastest shipping, best experience, all those things. So we have to keep that in mind. And now we're seeing the shift of like, oh, customers don't need to see terrible private label products or products with terrible reviews. Like they just need to see the best. And I think that's where we're starting to see more brand building opportunities, more money entering the space because that's the true value for the customer. Yeah. You're going to get those brands that are really committed to the platform that invest in these new features. You were saying the initial phase is, okay, let's get every product under the sun within the catalog. Now it's really focused on, let's make sure that we've got good quality products. So we're not impacting the customer experience that way. So we built out this platform. You can buy anything you'd ever want, but where Amazon's getting hit a lot lately, and they have a big bullseye on their back now because they're so big, uh, invisible is, you know, with like counterfeits or with low quality products, just all the, you look at the reviews and the issues where, you know, people are sending in the wrong products or they got the wrong products because it was mislabeled when it was sent in. Amazon is just cracking down so much more on that because now it's not trying to get more products. It's trying to increase the quality. So you keep everybody happy and then avoid any, any of the bad press that comes out of some of these issues that come up too. Exactly. And I think it's a good thing at the end of the day, I think it's in the best interest for us. It's in the best interest for e-commerce in the long run. And it's not going to be fun. We're seeing, you know, things like review manipulation being shut down like quicker than ever. So many big brands that were dominating the platform are finally getting shut down. So I think Amazon's making the right move. But one of my favorite things to do is I will go look for products that I buy in stores all the time. So like regular Tide Pods, things like that. 
and I don't get to see the live feedback in Walmart. So I just buy them because I'm like, oh, hopefully, you know, the Walmart buyer did its job and this is the best product for me and I'll buy it off the shelf. But then you go to Amazon and you look at these products that have dominated retail for the longest amount of time and you read their reviews and it's super, super insightful to basically be like, oh, you know, this is the number one product in this category in retail and on Amazon, customer reviews are terrible. That instantaneous feedback is amazing. And yes, there's review manipulation that always comes up, things like that. But at the end of the day, any platform that allows a brand to see that feedback and then maneuver, I think is going to be huge for us. Like, I think we'll get to the point where brands can see their immediate feedback on Amazon, make manufacturing changes, and then give us a better product within the next few months. And I think that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It allows you to get that instantaneous feedback and iterate quickly to make sure that, yeah, you're avoiding those, those negative reviews because they make their way to the top and then they stick. Real <laughs> <fast>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one other piece that we were talking through too is, and we, we kind of touched on it a bit, but it's just the increased competition overall. And this has been a general trend over time. The space is getting more and more competitive. And what we're seeing is obviously e-commerce sales have gone up a huge amount. I mean, just because of COVID, it took like a 10 year leap into the future based off of progressions. And now people have developed these new habits for shopping. So there's a lot more customers out there. But at the same time, every business has now realized how big of a piece e-commerce is. And so everybody's going into that space too. And like Destiny was saying, we're starting to see these cases where the best products are really rising to the top on Amazon. And those lower quality products or those that don't have as much traction just are having a hard time with algorithm changes and everything. So I kind of walk me through what you expect for trends in terms of competition and advertising throughout 2021 and kind of going forward too. I think one of the fundamental things that brand owners need to start doing is changing their mindset. Honestly, we see this with brands who got started three to four years ago when it was super easy to launch and get started. And it's just the natural progression of any industry that things are going to get more competitive. So one thing we're really doing is having those conversations with brands, like what are your long-term goals? You know, are you wanting to sell? That's going to be completely different. We can focus on EBITDA for the next few months. But if you're really focusing on gaining market share, then you have to compete. So going for, you know, break even or a 10% ACOS probably isn't in your best interest if you want to maintain market share. So setting those expectations and having those conversations is kind of first and foremost. In the last year, without actually knowing the numbers, I would say we probably saw advertising spend from just our accounts double and actual brand growth of like maybe 20%. So it's more money is entering the platform. Things are getting so much more competitive and more expensive. And then beyond that, doing what we can do to diversify spin. So I would love to hear your thoughts on DSP specifically, but looking at how you can diversify spin to places that maybe aren't as expensive. What can you do with sponsored display ad inventory? What can you do with post custom imagery, all these fun creative assets? What can you do with DSP since it does expand ad inventory off of the platform? Doing those types of things to try to still stay competitive without having to compete directly with a $49 CPC. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree. And you, you've got some great points there. Like looking at advertising as a profit driver, people are getting so aggressive with it now that it is very tough to maintain a low ACOS and then not lose traction on the organic side. And so we're really working with our clients too, to make sure that we're taking that long-term point of view 
and not just focusing specifically on advertising. Advertising is one piece of the larger business. And with the increased competition and those top spots being so coveted that you need to use everything at your disposal to get there. And that's driving up cost per click. So, you know, everybody wants the top of search placement. Top of search placement does great, drives really good conversion, great click-through rate, so it helps your ranking overall. But everybody wants it, and there's only a couple top of search spots for sponsored products. So it drives up costs. It drives up CPC. And then it's really what's the best converting product that you have out there that can still maintain their margins to support that advertising cost and then make up the profitability on the organic side. And another piece that, that you touched on too, which I totally agree with, it's now the game for advertising is finding those underutilized spots within Amazon advertising where you can get a better return than where people aren't focused on as much. So we've seen this throughout new features that are rolled out. So initially placements for sponsored products, not as many people were using like top of search placement adjustments. So we were able to secure those sponsor display product targeting. When that first came out, CPCs were really low. They've gone up over time. Sponsor brands video. Now we have sponsor brands product targeting. DSP is a great spot right now. We're seeing really good returns on it because there's all these barriers to entry <laughs> to yes. get into it. And so right now we're seeing awesome results in terms of ROAS or ACOS for those ads and just because it's underutilized. So, you know, part of the battle is just staying on top of those trends and really finding those underutilized spots where other people aren't bidding them up as aggressively, focusing more of the budget there. So you're maintaining the return on your advertising spend, maintaining that margin and still getting the benefits of ads. A hundred percent. And it's a lot trickier because we have so many more levers to play with. But at the end of the day, advertising on Amazon is not a black box. And I, if you know how to speak the language, then it's easy to explain and understand of, hey, look, $5 cost per click for this top of search placement. You're converting at 10%. You're going to take a loss. And I think that's the conversation like we've had to have over and over. And then my favorite is the moment you optimize bids for ACOS. It's like, oh, why are my sales down? Sure. <laughs> you can't do both. So you really have to know how to navigate the space and then look at your like holistic budget as the most buzzword thing I could have said on this whole podcast. <laughs> and then figure out where you need to move that budget to that makes the most sense for your long-term brand goals. Yeah. Yep, definitely agree. Like looking at Amazon advertising is not like we don't have this magic formula for how to approach it, but it's doing all these micro things right and making yeah. sure that, you know, we, we, we get to see a lot of accounts and we get to figure out where those underutilized spots are. So, yeah, it's not like an agency is going to come in and flip this magic switch and then your ACOS can go way down and your sales can 4X. You know, it's it's really, it's continually doing everything right. It's a marathon, not a sprint on Amazon and building up and making sure that you're utilizing Amazon advertising and all the branding tools that Destiny just talked about longer term to establish your brand. It's really that long-term focus versus a, a short-term Let's focus on ECOS or, you know, specific okay. advertising metrics. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we got Q4 coming up. So just to kind of wrap it up, any, any major predictions for Q4 or any things that you think that brand should really be focusing on? Q4. How are we already having this conversation? Yeah. You know, it's July. So round up, it's the end of the <laughs> I, year. <laughs> I feel like I just got through like last Q4. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm most interested to see what supply chain does, in all honesty. I think that's probably the one thing I'm very curious. I think there's kind of like two things we're going to see. One, brands probably ordered way too much inventory because they are expecting COVID numbers from last year to continue on this year. And for 90% of our brands, we're not. We're finally seeing a year-over-year flatline in the last 60 days primarily. So if brands made all their Q4 predictions and forecasts based off that number, it may be unrealistic and they're gonna have to sell through a lot of units. So that's kind of a concern that I have. Advertising costs, I think are gonna be crazy to watch. I think we're gonna see a lot invested in sponsored ads, which are gonna make it pretty competitive. I think DSP will be okay this year. The last big thing is more creativity. Like Amazon posts, potential paid placement, Sponsored brands expansion. I think we have both gotten a ton of questions on like, what do you guys want to see here and there with sponsored brands? So I expect to see like more opportunity for brand awareness and growth. Custom imagery is being rolled out to top of search again on desktops. I think that'll be a lot of fun, but those are the biggest things I have. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it, like you said too, inventory, that's it's going to be very interesting. And what, what are the restrictions that people have on being able to send in to FBA? And yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting key for, for sure. So for anybody that wants to learn more about you or follow your, your content, like where should they go? Honestly, I was going to mention this earlier. I feel like anyone who follows our LinkedIn, like Joe and I's LinkedIn, could probably be fully trained on a PPC masterclass. <laughs> Now, okay, that's a little audacious. I <laughs> Maybe love it. not fully trained, but yeah. anyone who's looking for new updates, definitely check out Joe and I on LinkedIn. I post some content on YouTube at the Better AMS channel. And if you're interested in hearing more about us, go to betterams.com. Yeah, yeah, definitely check them out. So, uh, Destiny, awesome to have you on the show as always. So, thanks for joining and giving us your insights on how to build a brand and what to look for going forward. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe.